up, Bears? I totally made that up. No one has used that ever besides me. Just putting that out there. The Heat Wave goes to Chicago. We're out here. Go download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. That's where we get all our stats that we're going to present to you today. It is free for you. Yes, sir. And uh, the reason it's free is because of our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com slash Fantasy. Please download and support the show. Uh, go to the website, support the show, excuse me, for as little as $3 a month. And you know what? If you can't do it, I understand. Why don't you just leave us a comment, maybe subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, yeah, shoot us a subscribe, leave a comment, leave some stars on the app too. It helps a ton. We'd appreciate it. We're trying to help you a ton in winning your fantasy leagues, and a lot of these Chicago Bears could do that. So let's get into it. It is the heat wave going to Chicago. Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Oh, yes, we are back. It is the Chicago Bears for the heat wave. And I am joined by my partners in this NFC North division breakdown. The Dynasty Don. The Fantasy Encyclopedia. Matt Ward. Happy to be here. Let's get and, this popping. And the mathematician himself. The one, the only. Brodo Casanova. What's up, baby? I'm ready. I call, I was gonna I called you half your, half your um your name on on here like that I'm that I'm looking at your Twitter name yeah. and then half your yeah. real name yeah he's, you name he's, I did Broto, it, Broto FF Casanova or Casanova not Brodo Casanova can't just call him Brodo Casanova that doesn't make any sense you shouldn't do that that's All me right. though that's me that, that is that is true all right yeah. let's get into let's get into these uh Chicago Bears because let's do this. Matt Everflus, second year as a Bears head coach, 30 years of coaching experience under his belt. The offensive coordinator is Luke Getze. He's also in his second season, 16 years of coaching under his belt. In 2002, look, this team ran and ran and ran and ran. First ranked in rushing percentage, 32nd ranked in pass percentage. So that shows you um, exactly where they're at. Uh, 3-14 and 14 record. Um, the last time the Bears led the NFL in rushing was 1986. So gives you an idea of how far away that's. You been. knew who the running back was then. Uh, there was uh, Walter Payton. Yeah. yeah uh, exactly. <laughs> offensive additions: wide receiver DJ Moore, yeah, big one. Donta Foreman, big one. Tight end Robert Tanyan, big one. Quarterback PJ Walker, not so big. The rookies are Tyler Scott and Rashawn Johnson, and the offensive distractions are David Montgomery. Let's get right into the quarterback. Here, that's the most important one. The quarterback. That's what it comes down to. Yes, A lot sir. of people are drafting. This man and expecting big things very highly. Tell us about um, what to expect from from Justin Fields. Yeah, he is being quite highly drafted, and and you can see why. Like he is one of those quarterbacks that can run and and run. He does. Uh, you, you get uh, you're getting uh, you're aiming for that a thousand yards. It's just a matter of thinking: can he step up his throwing one, and he can he maintain the the rushing. Because we saw Lamar Jackson have a, an insane rushing season. And then, you know, things cool down a little bit. You go from 80 yards per game to 60 yards per game and, and stay around there. It's still a, a very valuable contribution, but it's not like QB1 contribution anymore. Uh, so those are the two questions. First question uh, with the rushing, I do think he maintains it. Uh, 
I think that 60 yards per game are very attainable. That just comes out around a thousand yards uh, for the season, which is is quite significant. The thing is, he's getting drafted as a QB six right now. Uh, that's around like the fourth round, depending on on your league. So you do have to make a, an investment. We were just drafting uh, before this, as you know. So patrons, uh, you can check out that draft video. Uh, and we talked about getting a QB in the fourth round, and that's a little bit of a reach for some people. And uh, I tend to agree. If you're going in a super flex league, I think he's one of the guys you want to have. Just that you cannot replace that rushing potential with the quarterbacks for fantasy. Uh, the second question is whether he's going to step up with uh, his true throw value. Because it's right now it's suboptimal as, as below guys like, I don't know, uh, Jared Goff, who has been uh, actually quite good, but like still middle of the of the field. Um, I think he has is a year older, has a ton of weapons to throw to. Oh, not a ton. Let's not say a ton. He has a decent yeah. amount of weapons to throw through. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, 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 I overstepped a little bit. But I, I am a little bit of a believer. I think if you if you draft him like back in of the fourth or uh, starting of the fifth, I'm a big fan of anchoring your team with a rushing quarterback like that. I'm not reaching for him. Like anything higher than that, I'm out completely. But I think he brings that upside to for a, a winning uh, fantasy team. I don't know uh, if you guys agree, disagree. I mean, it's it's tough to say because he ran so much last year and this team... Yeah ran at one of the highest clips in NFL history. Um, the question is like, you know, that's they ran the ball 558% of the time, you know, and that, that's almost 60% of their plays. They, they ran. Yeah, yeah. So that was the highest percent, 558 times they ran. That was the highest percentage in the league and the highest percentage since at least 2015. That's where the app stops counting. So it's the highest running percentage ever recorded on the Brodo app. And only Lamar Jackson in 2020 and Jalen Hurts last season ever had more rushing attempts than Justin Fields had last season. So are you expecting them to continue that? Because I'm not expecting them to continue that, especially when you look at what they've done. They've they've bolstered their running back room with more durable running backs. And they've very much so tried to at least tried to bolster the wide receiver room with DJ uh, Moore and Chase Claypool over the last two years. So yeah, that shows I, me I genuinely, more. So that that worries me. I genuinely just don't think that like they, we've talked about this before in previous episodes too, specifically like referring to Justin Fields and, and, and Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes as examples. Like the gap that you need to actually be a top three with QB one overall potential quarterback in fantasy is the passing gap. Like Justin Fields was QB seven in points per game and had the greatest rushing season in quarterback history and QB seven in points per game. Like the Jalen Hurts being QB one overall is yes, he's a great rusher, but like Cass kind of even alluded to is that step back that you can take from the 91 yards per game to the 60 yards per game only works if you are increasing your passing production by an incredible amount. I think it's possible though. And if he does, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's impossible. It's just a tough. No. Yeah, of course. Course. If it happens, it's Lamar Jackson MVP type shit. One hundred percent. And I think that's what that's what the sexiness is at, right? That's where that's yes. what everyone's chasing. Yeah. So the real decision is: Do you want to chase it? For me, I, I'm 
for me, I'm more comfortable taking like a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Herbert in that area. Who literally put up the same points per game in passing production alone. Right. You know, so That's, I think yeah. that I think that for especially Justin Herbert, I think that I'm I'm Justin Fields is like a high upside if you want to take that chance. I'm not, I wouldn't be mad at you, but I'm not necessarily taking that chance. Let's talk about the guys he's talking, he's he's uh, throwing to, chucking the ball to the wide receivers. Because as I mentioned, DJ Moore coming over, uh, DJ Moore seemed to be the same player for three straight years, uh, four straight years with the um, the Carolina Panthers. Just the same guy, put up the same stats every single year. Um, is this the year he finally breaks out? Uh, there's there's been some comparisons. Uh, you know, it's like a Stefan Diggs type of of breakout type situation. Uh, do you think that he's going for that? And how are you looking at the rest of these guys? Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney and the rest. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely absolutely in, in DJ Moore's range of outcomes. His target earning totals over his career have suggested that he is in the elite range of alpha target earners, but has never obviously shown that production. I'm a little lower on DJ Moore consistently than I think all consensus is right now, though, he's going as the wide receiver 22 55th overall. And that's where it kind of becomes palpable for me. Like, absolutely. He's entering his sixth season in the NFL, though. His first with the Bears on what is expected to be an extremely low-volume passing offense. Yes, we are projecting a little bit of an increase in production for that passing offense. Otherwise, they wouldn't have gone out and got these weapons. But Moore has never finished higher than wide receiver 14 in points per game. And has not finished higher than wide receiver 23 in the last three seasons. So last three seasons, point per game totals of wide receiver wide receiver 33 which was 11.7 wide receiver 23 which was 14.0 and 14.1 points per game which was wide receiver 28 over the last three seasons he finally broke that four touchdown ceiling stigma which like four touchdown four touchdown four touchdown throughout his career got seven total last season and finished with his lowest points per game total since his rookie year so he finally catches his career high in touchdowns which was still only seven and finishes with his lowest points per game total in his rookie season. 63 receptions, 118 targets, 888 yards, 7 touchdowns. Ends his streak of consecutive 1,000-yard receiving seasons at 3 last year with the Panthers as well. That said, like it's not like DJ Moore has ever received good quarterback play. That's kind of always been the fail-safe when making the DJ Moore is an elite wide receiver argument. And his separation stats and reception perception profile obviously suggest that he's a great target earner but is he a great producer and nothing throughout his career has necessarily said that he's a great producer now again adp is much more palatable than years past he's following falling lower than you ever have and if you go through that elite wide receiver first second hero running back kind of um approach then yeah he, he's going in the fourth late fourth early fifth round but that is where he's meeting his ceiling of value like i'm fine at wide receiver 22 but that's fine like we're finally now agreeing that he's just a wide receiver two ceiling so you have to get him past wide receiver two value yeah yeah and then yeah, we, I, yeah I, I wanted interjection here <laughs> i mean i don't I, I i there's too many variables around dj Moore for me there's too many variables there's he's on a new team. He's never done it in the past. I don't know that he can do it. So there's just too many variables for me to to pick him where he's going. Yeah, there's there's a wide receiver that you're going to have to wait for the dynasty stash portion for me to talk about. So keep on listening. But then you have Darnell Mooney, you have Chase Claypool and, and, and Mooney's ADP is like the lowest of any relevant member of the Bears offense, because I don't think Chase Claypool is overly relevant. He's had four touchdown game as a rookie and has legitimately not shown 
any sense of upside afterwards. Like it got, he's Travis Fulgham with an even shorter streak. Like, and I'm obviously a fan of Chase Claypool's, you know, collegiate career. And, and I literally watched him play in high school. He's from Abbotsford, BC. Um, but Chase Claypool isn't a fantasy relevant asset and Darnell Mooney isn't either like a second year Darnell Mooney's second year breakout with, with air quotes around culminated in a seasonal finish of wide receiver 27 in points per game. He needed 140 targets and obviously no, they weren't Justin Fields targets, but it's not like any of his true throw value stats have said that those targets are going to be much more valuable than the ones that Mooney was seeing in his second year. He got 81 receptions for 1,055 yards, four touchdowns. And that's Mooney's ceiling was wide receiver 27 entering his third year. Now, after a horrendous knee injury that needed surgery and has major target competition in DJ Moore on a low volume passing attack doesn't bode well for a continued development of a guy that was selected in the fifth round and three picks away from being selected in the sixth round, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not great there, but I mean, I, I think where Mooney's going, I think there's a little bit of upside for Darna Mooney. I mean, he's always been that big play threat for sure. And, and obviously you can find incredible route running videos of him slicing up guys like Jair Alexander and, and Jalen Ramsey. Like he's got good separation, but I, I, I think obviously knee injury, DJ Moore, Justin Fields. Yeah. It, it's just not great for a guy that is on the last year of his contract with a team that probably will be able to draft a very high wide receiver next year. What do you think Cass? Uh, the, the thing with more, I know, like you guys kind of went over the whole thing and I, I, I have been burned by him before so much and I don't necessarily think he got a QB upgrade. I know I just went on a whole thing about how I think Justin Fields can be better, but I, like there's so much uncertainty and the guys behind him, quote unquote, because we don't really know who's behind who right now, to be perfectly honest, like everything's open are, are not bad players so in that room i i'm kind of avoiding all of them <laughs> i know it's kind of weird after i just made my case for justin field but justin fields is more of like a rushing uh, option for, yeah, for, uh, is for, for fantasy legs. so like the, the the weapons just become quite unappealing especially for the price because they have like that french price and it just makes it very difficult to draft them and with titans, well, a, well, we're gonna get there they have a french price french oh french yeah, that french, french price, price. The, the yeah, they do have a French Japanese. price, if you know what I mean, though. Yeah, fucking euros, dog. <laughs> Facts, you know what I mean. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, the wide receivers, I agree with you. I think that, you know, Justin Fields is one of the biggest X factors. If he takes the next step, That's then the one of the, yeah. at least one of these wide receivers is going to be eligible and fantasy relevant. Um, but it could be the tight end that gets the most work. We'll talk about the tight end in just a second. Let's talk about these running backs first. I, you know. So, there's a, lot of running, there's a lot of questions around these running backs. The big questions that you could ask yourself right off the back. Who's the guy, right? Is it going to be Khalil Herbert? Mini Hulk. Who, yeah. It, and yeah. I don't. I don't know if that's guaranteed, right? Bro, but let's you've been say following me for how long? I mean, let's let's see. Um, but I think it's a question. I think it's going to be Khalil Herbert personally. I think he's going to get the most targets. But who's it going to be? Um, is is it that guaranteed? I don't think so. Is there even going to be a guy, or is it going to be more split work? If there is a guy, how much work is going to be stolen by the rushing upside of Justin Fields? If there is a guy, how many pass attempts will he get per game? Or will Justin Le Justin Fields' legs be the check down option? I think we've gone over that many times on the show before, how with the running quarterbacks, you know, the receptions for the running backs are just never there. They and are the check down. Is the defense 
going to be improved enough to have some leads so that they can hand off the ball to a running back and not um, have the ball in Justin Fields' hands. I think, you know, they ran 60% of the time last year, but, you know, that is a misleading figure um, because, you know, Justin Fields ran the ball the third most times ever in NFL history. So even though they ran the ball 558 times, David Montgomery led the backfield with 200 uh, attempts. So it's not like they're giving workhorse rolls out, although 200 attempts is pretty nice. Um, you have to assume. I think the you Bears have to assume, led the league in rush attempts from behind, which is that's a Justin Fields stat. That's a Justin Fields stat. Those exactly. are pass. Those are supposed to be pass attempts. Right. Like. Exactly. Exactly. And so you have to assume that this is changing um, the, the commitment to the run. I think they're committed to Justin Fields when they traded their first round pick. They basically drafted Justin Fields again last year, first overall, right? That's basically what they were saying. They acquired DJ Moore in that trade. They acquired Chase Claypool. They already have Darnell Mooney. That is three solid weapons that you have to throw to. The odds are they're not going to be as run heavy again. They're not going to have the most rushing attempts in the last seven years again, right? With that being said, Khalil Herbert last year was wildly efficient when he got the ball, 5.7 yards per carry was fifth in the league. Um, his rushing TDs, a uh, fourth was a uh, four rushing TDs. Doesn't sound like a lot, but that was 28th in the entire NFL. Despite only 22 red zone opportunities, which was 41st in the entire NFL. I think there's something to be said about that. Now, his stats are very, very efficient. His points per opportunity, uh, excluding touchdowns, 15th in the entire league. He had he was 28th in the league in rushing yards per game. He's a backup, and he is, you know, in the top 32 in rushing yards per game. That's something to be said. He was a complete non-factor in the in the in the passing game, though. 12 targets for nine receptions, and uh, you know, you're not getting any passing work out of him. We already went over that. There's also something to be said about the fact that can he put a load on his back? Uh, he's a smaller back, awesome. even though he plays so big. Five eight two ten. That's a smaller guy. That's like, it's like me, except I'm an inch taller. Yeah, except than him. Khalil Herbert is fucking jacked. Yeah, bro. I mean, I like, call him Mini my, Hulk. And my weight calls is caused by fat rather than <laughs> yeah. Than like he's muscle. so yoked, Mini Hulk. Can he sustain it? Can he be the lead back? I think that there's questions around that. Last season, he was way more efficient um, than than Demont, but the carries still went to Demont. So that brings me some questions. How do they look at him as a pass catcher? Obviously not good. How do they look at him as a pass protector? Because Rashawn Johnson is known as a great pass protector in college. Does that get him on the field on third downs? I think that's going to be something to, to watch, something that you have to quench, question. And then you have to question also the other guys. You got Deontay Foreman. Last season, Deontay Foreman had 203 rushing attempts after taking over from CMC. Again, a non-factor in the passing game, the only nine targets. He has a career high for 11 targets. Now he profiles more as a guy who can take some punishment. Six foot, 233 pounds, classic bruiser. Played well again last season after CMC was traded. He's going to come in. They brought him in. He's going to get some carries. And then you got Rashawn Johnson. Uh, he's a bruiser. Uh, and again, much more built for punishment. Six foot, 225. Was the backup to Bijan Robinson, so not too much uh, tread on the tires, and he was known as a good pla pass blocker in college. Former quarterback, which is very 
appealing when you're a, a running back. He's, you know, smart, understands the game at a different level because quarterbacks must understand the game kind at a different why level. He's a good pass blocker, to be honest. There you go. Right. So it wouldn't shock me if eventually he is the one that takes over and you can get him basically for free, Rashawn Johnson. So no matter what, you're going to have a two down back with limited TD upside because of Justin Fields. Zero pass catching upside. Like none of these guys have any pass catching prowess. It's very clear that the check down option is Justin Fields' legs. And, you know, an offense that could be bad. Right now, Herbert is going at RB36. Considering that he does have the upside, I am cool taking him there. If you're going into the season as Justin Herbert as your RB3 or your RB4, I am taking that. I think the only mistake that you can make with Justin Herbert is Khalil thinking Herbert. that if you're playing seesaw running back hardcore, right, going into the season with him as your number two running back is not a good look for me. I prefer a guy like Elijah Mitchell or Jarek McKinnon in that in that role, personally. But if you're going in with him as your third running back after you've drafted two decent running backs, let's say you draft like, I don't know, Christian McCaffrey and Alexander Madison or Derrick Henry and you know, DeAndre Swift or some some sort of something like that. If you're going in with Justin Herbert as R, RB3, all right, I like that. So Khalil depending Herbert. on where you can get him, I, I do see this upside. Matt, you've been chomping at the bit to 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 have your uh, feelings heard about this, man. Why don't you tell us all about how you feel about him? Well, I mean, I, you just kept saying Justin Herbert. Oh, my bad. <laughs> That's what you were trying to say? I thought you were trying to like... Uh... No, man. I mean, Khalil Herbert's shown uh, kind of like we touched on in a previous episode with the Vikings is some of those counting stats and efficiency stats as far as yards per game and, and touch or concern is because he was still being utilized when David Montgomery was getting the majority share, not just when he was, you know, named the starter when Montgomery was hurt with that knee injury. But every time he's been named the starter in his rookie season, second season, he's been incredibly efficient and has put up, you know, top 20, top 15, top 10 um, fantasy finishes. So, uh, yeah, I absolutely think that Khalil is still the most viable running back in that offense per cost uh, because all of them are pretty cheap. But, yeah, I, I do agree with everything you've said. All right, so let's get into this tight end, Cole Komet. Michael has expressed his uh, his warming on Cole Komet. So with that being said, uh, Matt, how are you looking at him? That'd be me. Oh, but, Cass, uh, my bad. But I mean, yeah, no, Cass, take it away, and then I'll let you know. I I I mean the the key piece here is always the same. Coming back to the the quarterback, right? But let's uh, stop with uh, speculating on whether Justin Fields is going to be better or not and just look at the facts. And the facts are last year he was uh, tight on 11. He did pick up that like one good week 18 that if you take week 18 into account would bump him up to a tight end eight, which is it's uh, it's you don't technically count that for fantasy, but it's something you want to see. Right. It's something you like to see. He was a tight end four that last week, and he got like 15, 16 uh, PPR points. Um, for me, I'm okay drafting him uh, as your like second tight end in a tight end premium league. He's way too much of a risk for me to be like my starting tight end, especially like when you want to get positional advantage. Uh, not even in tight end uh, premium leagues, just in regular leagues. You want positional advantage in the tight end position. He does not bring that to the table. Not right now. He could, but I like. I don't think. I don't believe right now. He he is poised for that. Uh, as a second tight end, he is incredible. I don't want him as my first tight end. And in like in basketball, which is 
what what Mike uh, plays a lot. He is a great tight end because he's going to have uh, big weeks. He's going to have low weeks. That's especially true with tight ends and, and touchdown dependency. But someone like Komet, who has been a low end uh, tight end one, he's going uh, tight end thirteen right now in fantasy pros ADP. Like that's not even a tight end one anymore. You know, like. It, you don't want those kind of fringe performances to be your only uh, tight end uh, pr- production, right? So as a backup, he's all right. Uh, for best ball, he's all right. Don't draft him as your number one tight end. I, I'm, I'm begging you. Uh, I saw yeah. my uh, Matt nodding. So uh, whoa, 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 yeah, what no, I mean here? that's kind of I agree too. And I've been the Colcomet truther on this podcast before. I'm, I mean, he saw a career high in targets the year before last, uh, before Justin Fields obviously started all 17 games, career high in targets, and, and that was you know the lowest possible tight end one overall finish, and, and nowhere near a top tell all tight end in points per game. Um, I, I think Colcomet's kind of it's weird that these tight ends like Dawson Knox got paid too. Right. But like, I think you can kind of view him in, in yeah. the same light. Um, he, he's going to get paid for what he does. Well, he's a really good blocker and he absolutely has some of that upside that can finish as a top six, top eight tight end any given week. So that's where it gets interesting. Yeah. At tight end 13, 14 in best ball formats is where I find him to be yeah. the yeah. most valuable in, in as far as absolutely. seasonal formats are dynasty my perspective always going to come in there i wouldn't quite give up on a guy like cole Komet yet because again it doesn't seem like it's a position that they're going to attack later in um in future drafts they obviously believe somewhat in the kid um with that said not necessarily this season as somebody that i would trust as my plug and play tight end one i would draft cole Komet only if i had plans of streaming yeah yeah like if you're going for a full streamer strategy that's not bad but still like that's yeah that's a lot of stress in the season i don't necessarily love drafting that position when i know i want to stream it but i kind of understand that upside too is like if i'm going for the stream i've got to plug somebody into stream the first couple weeks anyway before relevance shakes out and you have a better idea so by that time cole Komet actually may be a viable tight end one so with that said yes I, i like that strategy for sure also, I, I mentioned I would draft him as a my backup tight end. That only applies for like tight end premium leagues. Don't draft backup tight ends. That's just yeah, like that too. Yeah, I think. I, I, yeah. You said that several times though. We we yeah. got the tight end premium spin there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, draft him as the. I, I think he's a good draft pick if you're like I'm going to stream, but hey, this guy could hit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's exactly what he is right now. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's, let's finish this off with the dynasty stash. The guy that Matt is stashing the dynasty Don himself, baby. Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked enough about Khalil Herbert, and he was the dynasty stash of three years ago for for us and a guy that you should definitely pay attention to. But now he's known. And for me, we're going to go back to the wide receiver room with Tyler Scott. University of Cincinnati, man, these these receivers keep sneaking their way into the NFL drafts and are quietly making like immediate impacts at the NFL level, a la Alec Pierce last season. Tyler Scott, 5'11", 180 pounds, but that's also his track weight, right? So he's a junior Olympic splinter, sprinter with electric top end speed. Um, he, there's another uh, Olympic sprinter that he was actually on the junior Olympic team with in the NFL draft, and that's Devon Kane. And these guys are as fast as it gets as far as NFL football players are concerned. He started eight games as a sophomore during that Bearcats, Cincinnati Bearcats run to the college football playoffs, the Desmond Ritter Cincinnati season, um, Cinderella Cincinnati season, I wanted to say, but it still came out fine. He got, caught 30 passes for 520 yards, five receiving touchdowns, and then was a second team All-American uh, selection in 2020. 
2022, led the Bearcats with 54 receptions, 899 yards. That's pretty ridiculous at 16.6 yards per reception, nine touchdowns in just 11 games. 10 of his 14 career touchdowns have gone for 30 or more yards. That's just going to tell you a little bit about how good of a deep threat and uh, of a, well, it's speed. <laughs> Just how quick Tyler Scott really is and uh, able to accelerate to his top speed very quickly. Obviously, that comes with that prowess of being an Olympic sprinter. Again, it's it's Darnell Mooney. It's DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Cole Komet. Those are the pass catching options like it, it's other than DJ Moore. It is no not incredibly impossible for Tyler Scott to overtake every other option. Uh, you know, and, and you wouldn't even know he existed unless you were listening to this podcast right now or unless you are the fantasy encyclopedia himself, Matt Ward. Because there's no reason yeah. to know that he exists at the moment, but you will need I to didn't. know that. And you, but you I'll will need to know that. And the only guy who knows every single person. Oh, it's the stash, bro. You got to look deep. Exactly. Find the gems and in the dirt. And the only guy looking that deep is the man to my right, your left. Ah, there he goes. Mr. Matt Ward, the Dynasty Don. You can follow him at Psych Ward FF. You can follow me at Brodo FF Tim, at Brodo FF Casanova, at FF by Brodo, at J- Brodo FF Michael. Uh, Mike, I mean. Um, hmm, let's see. YouTube.com slash Brodo Fantasy, Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. Thank you so much for your support. We will see you tomorrow with a new division. We're coming to a close. Draft time is almost here, baby. It's a beautiful, Ooh. beautiful, beautiful thing. With that time. being said, sayonara. Peace. See ya.